Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for another opportunity to come here together with your children to worship you, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to bond even closer in our relationship with you, to be healed, empowered, loved, and prospered by you, and in turn to help others to receive the same. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the day of Pentecost. Thank you, Jesus. So the... What's that word for it? The... uh, the Jewish holiday. I can't tell you how I remember it. Since I like Shavuot or something like that. But Pentecost is the seventh Sunday after the resurrection. Ten days after Ascension Thursday. And We are blessed to be a part of the church age, amen? The age of grace and truth. Because for 1,500 years prior, it was pretty tough to be one of God's people under the law of Moses. And uh, we saw anyway recently that the law was never supposed to bring us into the promised land, was it? That's why Moses wasn't allowed. Only Jesus. I was talking a few minutes ago about a terrible tragedy in Santa Fe where 10 were killed and 10 wounded. Recently, another school shooting, awfully close to home for us. And people we know. And I've been thinking about the, on the drive home today, that six hour drive, I was thinking an awfully lot about everything that's going on. The, the path that the Lord has been taking us on as far as leading and guiding us and growing us in a relationship with Him and and our inheritance, learning who we are, how to see ourselves in Christ, how to see Him and how to see others. And I've been meditating on the condition of our culture and indeed our world All of this is really not a surprise if you read your Bible. Quite the contrary. But it's still very disturbing. Because while the church is still here, there is hope for every person. Jesus died for everybody, didn't he? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Nobody better than anybody else. All just sinners in need of a Savior. And 
if you in touch with social media at all, you see that there's a lot of a lot of answers out there. Oh man, everybody has the answer. <clears throat> Just like a lot of churches, though, it's like when God called me to preach. I said, "What do you want me for?" <laughs> there's a church on every corner. And they all have opposing views of who you are. What am I going to say? You know? And so finally we came to to terms. You know, it says in the Bible, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Amos 3.3. So I said, Lord, if you want to use me, you're going to have to teach me yourself because I don't know who to believe out here. And I got a late start. And you know, he's been faithful. It reminds me of that faithful day when I got on my knees in my home, my broken home, in the midst of my broken family, and I, with tears flowing down my face, I, I cried out to Jesus. And I asked him to come into my home and my heart that day. And if he would, I would never ask him to leave. It reminds me of that song. You're just singing, you know. And I've, I meant it. And boy, he did too. And it's, it's awesome. I never met anybody that really had an encounter with the Lord that says anything other than they wish they had done it sooner. But we have trouble. We have trouble in our midst. And I just want to kind of address that as we kind of go into this day of Pentecost, and I think it's all going to kind of flow together just based on what the Lord was sharing with me today, sort of talking my ear off, as it were, and I'm always blessed when He does. Please don't take offense, Lord. (laughs) He's never offended. He already knows how silly we are, and He loves us anyway, doesn't He? Unconditionally. I'm going to read something from Ezekiel, the 34th chapter. Ezekiel chapter 34. This is an old, Old Testament scripture from an Old Testament prophet. And what have we learned about Old Testament? Everything concealed in types and shadows which has now been revealed in Christ. Amen? I want to read this to you because I want to start by telling you I, I, I place the blame squarely where it belongs, for starters, at the pulpit. As does God. This is what Ezekiel prophesied so long ago. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel. You can just substitute that for the church now. Who have been feeding yourselves. 
Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. Now, I'm going to ask you sort of a rhetorical question, but you don't think that because all of the preachers back in that day were eating all the sacrifices and saving everything for themselves, that all of the God's people were out there being eaten by animals, do you? It's not what he's talking about, is it? The weak you have not strengthened. How do we, as Christians, receive power? Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The sick you have not healed. There's physical healing. The injured you have not bound up. There's uh, Kairos, inner healing. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. Evangelism. Because they were not trained up in the Word of God, they were easily easy prey to the enemy of God, which is the devil. We've talked about the fact that he's not mentioned much in the Old Testament. Because there was nothing they could do about it. <coughs> Talk about him a lot in the New Testament, don't they? Why? Because Jesus has given us authority, hasn't he? Didn't his brother, half-brother James say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is a promise. Remember what I was saying about how can two walk together lest they be agreed? We agree with God. We walk in victory. We get out of step. Or we leave space like Peter did on that fateful night as he followed at a distance for the enemy to come in. When we agree with God, we're powerful. So, I would encourage believers to learn about God, learn about their authority. Don't we talk about the promises of God? The provision is in the promises. If you, in other words, if you think God put sickness on you, how hard are you going to resist that? Don't agree with sickness. The immune system is the will of God for your life. Hello. Don't agree with poverty. 
Don't lay claim to the things that God hates. Reject them. Knowing that Jesus has paid the price to provide you with an inheritance as co-heirs with Him of everything in the kingdom of God. But it's the preacher's responsibility to help Isn't that the acronym for Grace and Truth Church? To heal, empower, love, and prosper. We have to receive that so that we can in turn help others, right? When you see all these things take place and you see how the children of God are under attack, Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you too. Look in, look, in, look in Matthew for a second. The, the 13th chapter. Uh, around the 18th verse. Jesus speaking in parables. Talks about the parable of the sower. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom... And does not understand it. The evil one comes. That's the devil. And snatches away what has been sown in his heart. He goes on to describe the different types of soil. And you know. The different types of believers. And and so on. But I want you to. Focus just on that scripture right there. The only one of all those types. The only person that the devil can steal the word from. And that's what he comes after you for. Jesus said, wait a minute. When they accused him of being demonic again. Like they always did. He said, no. Because he knew that devil, didn't he? He said, I've always known him. He's always been a liar. He's the father of lies. I watched him fall from heaven as like lightning. He says, but he, the thief, only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. You know what he's coming for you? For the sake of the word in you. Why? Why? Because without God's truth, you're His anyway. The devil's, I mean. You will never be able to resist Him. You will never know when to resist Him. You won't know anything that will help you to stay out of hell without the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. This is the only thing that's going to last when all of this is burned up. And now, the Holy Spirit has come. And Jesus said on that faithful night, He will remind you of everything that I've said. How is He going to remind you of something that you've never put in? You know, for... For three and a half years, I this is this this was my my night and my day. 
And I still love the word, but I don't have to. I don't have to examine it night and day. I, I would love to do that, and you should have a great relationship with the word and with the Holy Spirit. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is the Lord constantly, the Holy Spirit reminds me of of what this word says in in the time of need and situations and circumstances because I'm I'm always bouncing every choice, every decision, everything I see and hear, I'm bouncing it off of this word to see if it lines up. Because Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." So He's the only truth. I don't care how many degrees they got on the wall, the professor of of what university or whatever, especially these days. Because until until they have a, a, a healthy fear for my God, they haven't even begun down the path of knowledge is what the Bible teaches us. That's the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So why would I care what they say when they deny that he even exists? Why would I send my kid there to school and pay an enormous amount of money just to just for them to try to make sure if he got there with some faith, he wouldn't leave with it. But the understanding of the word is important. Because the enemy comes immediately, the Bible says, when you leave here today, something's going to happen, something's going to come up, some distraction, some strive, something will try to come. It won't be allowed in, in the name of Jesus, because you will resist the devil and not allow him. You will protect that seed in your heart, allow it to take root and bear fruit in your lives. Because you know that's what's going to save you. In the time of need. I can't stand to see Christians who just wait around for that that precious day when we'll all be in heaven and it'll be great. And it will. It will. And if that's all you ever get, that's, that's better than not. Way better than the alternative. But God wants you to be, to walk in the fullness of everything he's provided for you now and to help others do the same. Because people are dying and going to hell. Kids are shooting up schools. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Just back a few pages. And I want to tell you. That you have a good, good father. I love that song. Good, good father. God is a good father. It hurts me so badly when I hear ministers preaching about this angry God who's ready to to get people, you know. Because it makes people run away from God instead of to Him when they need Him the most. But Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 7, let's see, I'll start at the 7th verse, I'm shooting for the 11th verse. He said, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, 
Knock and it will be opened to you. It's about a relationship. You see that? We, there's always a faith response. Some act of faith required on our part. Because it's a relationship. What sort of relationship would any relationship be completely one-sided? They just die on the vine, don't they? God wants a relationship with you. And He's empowered us. And you know, God is all-powerful. But listen, He's set up a system of spiritual and natural laws. Just like gravity keeps us on this earth. So when you step off of a 10-story building, we don't blame God that we fell. He put that law in, in place to help us. To keep us from flying into outer space. It's the same with the law of sowing and reaping. The law of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The world says, show me and then I'll believe. God says, believe and then I'll show you. Believe that you have it when you pray and you shall have it. That doesn't even make sense to the world. But it does to us because we know how he works. We know what he requires. He says, ask and it'll be given. That's our part of the asking, the seeking. Seek and then you will find. Knock and it will be opened. It's the same thing Jeremiah talked about in the 29th chapter. When God was being blamed for mistreating the children. of He said, wait a minute, I, I know the plans I have for you. Plans in, of good, not, not of evil. Plans of hope and a future. To prosper you, not harm you. He goes on here in the 8th verse. He says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asked him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? And again, there's another reference to demons. Verse 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? We have a good father. He wants to bless us just like we love our children. But you know, the problem is so many of us fathers have not done our part in this world, starting with me. I became the very thing that I hated. I never knew my father. And that's the one thing I said. I would never, ever be like that. First thing I did when God blessed me with a child. I didn't know God. I was all about me. And unfortunately, this breakdown of the family and this kicking God out of our schools and our governments and our uh, uh, entertainment and our media. When God is rejected, he is a gentleman. 
He's not a stalker. He just steps back when he's not wanted. And you know who fills the void? Yes, you do. And that's what's happened. And then the breakdown of the family. And we've got a government now that rewards the family that doesn't allow the the father to stay. And I'm just saying, as a culture, we have to realize that this is a tactic of the devil. And this is a hard topic. But I'm telling you right now, you look at every single one of these kids that shoot up a school. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's got daddy issues. He's got daddy issues. He doesn't need a daddy who wants to be his best friend. And he doesn't need a daddy who just wants to give financial support and stay out of my way. He needs a a daddy that's not smothering, but all kind of in his business. Teach him to be a man of integrity. Teach him to win. Teach him to lose. And to be a good man. A decent man. An honorable person who loves God. That's what we have to do. That same parable Jesus was talking about, where he said God wants to give us good things. I want you to turn over to Luke, the 11th chapter, and it's the same parable, but he just rephrases it a little bit. Luke 11, Chapter uh, chapter 11, verse 9, I think. Here's Jesus, starting at the ninth verse of Luke chapter 11. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Sound familiar? For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Listen to this, the 11th verse. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He just substituted good things with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no difference. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God with us. And He has nothing but good things for us. And He's been largely neglected in the body of Christ. And it can't be that way in these end times. I'm convinced, and I'll show you one day, I'll, I'll, I'll do a whole chapter in the Old Covenant about Rebecca and Isaac, and I'll show you that that's a picture of the Holy Spirit and us. And I believe that the end times church is going to have to be adorned with all the gifts that God has for us. We have to walk in power and victory And love and the fullness of all that he has for us. To be able to withstand 
the things that will come against us. Go over to Acts chapter 1 now. I don't want to run out of time on this day of Pentecost without tying this all together a little bit for you. Hopefully you see where we're going with this. Jesus starting with the second verse I'll just start right here in the first chapter of Acts this is Luke writing Acts and he begins to tell them about this second book and he refers to the first book which is the book of Luke and he says I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. After that 40th day, that's Ascension Thursday that we mentioned, right? And while staying, chapter, uh, verse 4, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, Jesus instructed these disciples who had been with him for three and a half years, day in and day out, they had seen him perform miracle after miracle. John said, if I had to write it all down, there's not enough books to contain it all. They had witnessed all of this. They had heard everything that he had taught. But Jesus told them, don't go out and preach. Don't go do anything in my name. You sit right here in Jerusalem until you receive the promise from the Father. Now, if these guys weren't qualified to go talk about Jesus, then whatever they needed, so do we. <laughs> Amen? So look at chapter 2 of Acts. When the day of Pentecost arrived, that's, the seventh, that's 10 days after Ascension, the seventh Sunday after the resurrection, he had been gone now for 10 days. He, he, he had ascended to heaven and they'd been waiting there in Jerusalem like he instructed because they were smart-ish. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the day of Pentecost. This is when the Holy Spirit descended upon the church and filled these men who were already saved, by the way. It was a separate encounter 
from the initial salvation experience. Remember at the, at the end of John, he said, he told them, he breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Remember when, remember that the Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you're going to be saved. Well, didn't, when Jesus appeared in that locked room the day of his resurrection and doubting Thomas was there and he saw him finally and he put his hands in the hole and he said, my Lord and my God. He was saved, wasn't he? This is a separate encounter. This is a separate thing. We receive an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that provides the power that these disciples needed to go and minister and to do the things that he called them to do. Jesus, didn't he say, those who believe, they're going to do greater things than I've done. And he raised the dead and opened blind eyes and many more things. Fed 5,000 out of a sack lunch and, you know, little things like that. He said, we're going to do greater things. Now, we know that we can't do that in our own strength. But I guarantee you, I know men and women in the body of Christ. Uh, personally, you know, I know one guy whose son was dead in the morgue with a toe tag on covered up in the thing for five hours. And he's alive and well, has a child now. And Andrew says he has no more brain damage than he did before. <laughs> Listen, miracles, signs, and wonders are really for today. And we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't like to just do altar calls. If, if you guys have not noticed that, I don't do that all the time. Because most of the time I know everybody here anyway. And I don't like doing... Uh, I don't like going to places where I see the same people go forward every week. <laughs> repenting and asking for salvation, you know... And also, I don't believe in doing that all the time for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I prayed for someone one time, and, and I know that that person did not receive at that time. There's a lot of different thoughts on this. Um, uh, we were a part of a group one time that, you know, until there was the manifestation of uh, speaking in tongues, you weren't saved, period, you know, as far as they were concerned. I don't believe that. I just believe that it's something that we all need. Uh, I also know that when I really got born again, I said, uh, I heard some people speaking in tongues. And you notice some, that's something else I don't do in church because the Bible says we're not that's really not for the church. There's a gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's different than the prayer language that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like uh, they, it's like the, the you know, it's like a, a new pair of tennis shoes. The tongues come with it. You know? But I said, I'm not doing that. That is not. Mm. And they, you know, they tell me, okay, no problem. A few days later, <laughs> 
in a Denny's parking lot <laughs> at about midnight <laughs> with the help of a couple of ministers that we knew. It was on. And, uh, and I've never looked back. And I pray in the Spirit uh, more than I pray in known tongue. Uh, I just, but once I found out that all the weird stuff that I saw people doing, that's not God. <laughs> you know, that's them. You know, it, and it can, you know, people can act differently when they, you know, when they have encounters with God and you can get very excited and things like that. That's fine, but God's not making you do that, you know. And if you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're just waiting on God to overtake you and to make you, you know, you'll be walking through Kroger's one day and all of a sudden he just takes hold of you and you, that's not going to happen, you know. You're not going to grab the microphone at the register in Kroger's and just start doing something odd. You just have to, you just have to do it, you know. You just have to start speaking, and it'll sound kind of like baby talk a little bit at first. But then, after a while, it'll be, you know. I I, I hear some of the most beautiful languages. Uh, some of them are are known languages, and some uh, times they're not. But uh, Tamana and I, <laughs> the old days, we used to try to write stuff down and Google it, and man, we would. Oh, there would be some amazing things we would find. God would show us things. But I just want everybody to be aware that this is something that we need. I don't have any of you guys really talking to me or asking me about these things. And I've been waiting for that because God says those, if you want it, you're going to ask. And I really believe that. And, uh, and Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of God in the last century or in the 18th century. And he, he had different uh, thoughts about it too, you know, and he would go and he would pray with people and he was not a, he was not really a kind person in the sense that he was all business when it came to God and they would, he would go to somebody's house after a prayer meeting or something who said they wanted it and he would go and pray with them and they'd start to try to prepare food or something. He'd go, wait a minute, I'm not here to, to be friends and to be friendly, we're, we're here to do God's business and and he'd pray for them until they got the manifestation or whatever. Or he'd pray for them sometime for a while. And then he'd say, you keep praying and you let me know when it comes. And they'd come to the next night's meeting or something. they say it happened at 2 o'clock in the morning or something. You see, so there's all sorts of different manifestations. I know one man that he thought God was going to do something in him. And, and it was just going to happen. It's because of that and because of the, the uh, Baptist background that he had come up in, and he, they taught him it was from the devil. He was kind of scared of it, and so it didn't manifest for 20 years <laughs> when he found out that he had a part to play. Anyway, praise the Lord. I want to just look real quick over at Mark. I've gone a little long anyway already. Mark 16. And... At the end of the chapter, what's known as the Great Commission, Jesus said, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. You see that? And then it gets a little... It gets a little strange. They will, 
They will pick up serpents with their hands. And I think some of these scriptures is where you've seen some of the, the weird things, the behavior <laughs> that you might be thinking of in the body of Christ. And I, but, you know, it also says God, you were not supposed to tempt God. So I, I rather see that as like, uh, you know, in the book of Acts, when, when Paul had been shipwrecked and he came to the shore and he was either building a fire or whatever, and he got bit by the, the serpent and uh, he just shook it off in the fire, didn't he? And they were, they were freaked out because he did not die. You know why? Because he, he had faith in God. <laughs> they thought he was going to die, but he didn't. But anyway, it's something that is, is altogether part of, of the body of Christ. There's a hard, whole bunch of the body of Christ that doesn't believe in miracles. They don't believe. They also believe that God puts divorce on you to teach you a lesson and cancer to teach you a lesson and things like that. All that nonsense we don't agree with. We have a good God, a bad devil, and we're learning how to fight the devil, aren't we? We resist him and he flees. We don't accept, we don't agree with sickness, we don't agree with strife in our home, and if our children are sick, it's going to go. If our bank account is sick, it's going to get well, amen? (laughs) And God has provided for all these things, and we're going to continue to learn to cooperate with God, to partake of all the things He's put in place to be a blessing to us, amen? All right. Well, I had a bunch more, but you know, I always do. We never end. We just stop and start again. So we're going to stop right there because your minds can only absorb as much as your seats can endure. (laughs) God bless you all. We love you. And um, just keep in mind what we've been talking about here. We're going to talk about some more next week. And we're going to get into maybe the gifts of the Spirit and talk about some of those or all of those, and uh, and just get more into the promises of God, and just we're going to get so strong, we're going to the devil's going to be so terrified when you guys start when you walk into a room. Amen. Amen. All right, Lord, thank you for this awesome day. I thank you, Lord, that you will protect this word in our hearts and and help us to meditate on these things and to. Continue to discuss them even with you in our prayer closets and to and to comb over these scriptures and to make them our own until the lights come on in our own minds and it becomes revelation knowledge and we become uh, closer to you in our relationship with you because we are more familiar with your truth. You say grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so it can be multiplied in our, in our lives by the knowledge of you. And we thank you that that's where we are going. We are growing in Jesus' name. Amen.